Anyway, this will so, be yeah. old. This will be old news, but I love to. It's, it's brand new news. I don't like to do the news because it gets old. But there's a MAGA candidate in Arizona. Did you hear about this? Which one is this? Like He's Blake Repu- Master? Blake no, Master? Well, it seems like a small. Let, let me read. Okay, read this, it to me. The headline: I can't keep track anymore. Maricopa County Community College District Governing Board candidate. <laughs> What's that? That's a lot of titles in there. That's a, that's a. He was in his truck masturbating in front of a a grade school, so uh, got arrested for that. He was taking up three parking spots, so it's like he had to pull over quick. Well, okay. The masturbating in front of a grade school is one thing, but the taking up of three parking three spaces, spots. Okay. Yes. Enough is enough. I'm glad they got him. <laughs> and yet they'll still vote for him. They well, he, still vote he withdrew. For him. He withdrew. He, he's suspending his campaign. Let's say that. Suspending. But he'll still be on the ballot, though. I guess. I think if Pee Wee Herman lost his, his TV show for uh, masturbating exactly. in public, uh, he shouldn't get his. <laughs> send, send Paul Rubens out there. <laughs> his community college district board governing whatever his title was. Wasn't J- J- Sheriff Joe Arpaio. That was Maricopa County, too. Oh, oh. Don't right. you remember makes Sheriff sense. Joe? All makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, that all it's all sense. coming together now, right? I think he lost his... He tried to to run, run to run. He, he was a... Uh, what do you call it? The primary, and he lost the primary. What, I think. Yeah, was he disqualified? I can't remember now. Well, they got rid of him and charged him with something, and Trump uncharged him, and I can't remember. But Man. you know what? Uh, remember <laughs> Mary and Barry? Okay, we're just, just so people don't think we're beating oh, up on just on the Republican <laughs> side and the Democrat side. The mayor of Washington D.C. was one Mr. Mary and Barry. I remember. Who resigned in disgrace as mayor of Washington, D.C. What was this, like 1989, maybe? Was yeah. caught on camera smoking mm-hmm. crack. Caught on camera. Chris Rock <laughs> did a whole spiel right. on this. Chris Rock did a brilliant uh, stand-up bit on this. Caught on camera smoking crack in a pipe. <laughs> Next yes. election, you know. He, he resigned in disgrace, and I think it might have been the next mayoral election. That's right. He ran again, yes. and he got elected. It's the SETI BIMCO Show with your hosts, Tim and John. This week, John gets a raise, but then he gets fired. But then he changed his name and wore another person's skin and got hired again. And now he goes by the name Johnny. But anyway, oh, well, this is the Seti Bimco Show. It's a show yes. where we talk about the humorous tragedies and drama of high school in real life and in some crappy movies. We've gone, we've gone through Halloween without too many guests, but uh, I promise I'll get another one. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I don't think people mind it with it just being you and I speaking every week, though. You know, well, a guest is always nice to have, and I've loved the guests that we've had. Yes. But sometimes I just... Like sitting here and talking to my old friend Tim. Yes, well, and I we'll, think uh, we we try, we try, <laughs> we try to talk. We do our best. Gosh darn it, we do our best every <laughs> week. I do want to say I'm going to say some things before I forget. Thank okay. you to uh, Corey Corcoran. Did you get your? Screen I magazine? did. I got my screezing. Screezing. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah. Screezing is how you yes. pronounce it. Correct. Okay. Yes, and I I'll got cut. my copy. I do not have it at hand. It may be sitting on my desk, but that's okay. Your your interview was fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you, Corey. Thank you, Corey. And I have read it. And it's actually a very good. Um, I need to. Does he have a website? I need to go on and find out if I can subscribe to it and get it. I told him my house every his website once. I'll find it later. I'll put it in. Okay, yeah, maybe we could, uh, maybe we could, uh, you know, promote that a little more. No, it was it was very well, and I got a little. Um, you get your little bumper sticker thingy too. Did he send you yeah. one of those? Sorry, yeah. I'm looking for his. It's Grumpus. Grumpus. Well, you can email him at Grumpus USA. Oh, do I? No, not, I don't want to give his email out. Just his website. I'll find it later. 
Yeah, okay. G R U N P U S. Yeah, he doesn't want crazy people <laughs> emailing him. Like I noticed he didn't put a return address on my envelope because <laughs> he's like, I don't know who this guy is, you know? Really? He didn't? No, there's no return address. I didn't find it. Maybe it's on the envelope somewhere. He gave me a SACE. There's a, there's oh, a word no one knows. No yeah, one I knows know that. Self-addressed stamp envelope. <laughs> that's, right. that's hilarious. Did, did he want... send it COD? Did he send it COD? How many yeah. people know that? <laughs> two two words from the 70s, SACE George and O'Connor COD. scratching his head. <laughs> so... Uh, Anything happened to you that you wish to talk about since you, uh, well, you had you know, a just, busy, I'm, I busy just week. want to touch on a couple of little things. I know we don't like to talk about current headlines, and um, like I, yeah, but I we did. have recently lost country great Miss Loretta Lynn. That's right. And the only reason I bring it up was because and actually she released an album, I believe, in 2018, which I actually really, really enjoyed. It was kind of bluesy oh. influenced. And Interesting. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I can't think of the title off the top of my head right now. But I remember being 14 years old, and that movie Coal Miner's Daughter came out. Yeah. With Miss Sissy Spacek, who won the Academy Award for Best, for best Actress for it. Mm-hmm. And all I remember at that time knowing Loretta Lynn from was, remember when she did the Crisco commercials? Crisco, you know, do you proud every time? Now that you say that, I remember that. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. She just that. all of a sudden there'd be Loretta Lynn in her kitchen in Tennessee, <laughs> and I think Doolittle was there with her in the background. And every she talked about how it helped her pie crust and it helped her fried chicken. Is and Crisco, do you proud every time? And all I remember thinking is this movie coming out, and my fourteen-year-old self thinking, why did they make a movie about the Crisco lady? Right. Right. <laughs> And oddly <laughs> enough, not one uh, mention of the making of the Crisco commercials in the movie. Not one mention? Not one mention. No behind-the-scenes look on how they made the Crisco it got, got commercials. Cut out. I, you know, in the beginning, I was, it, was, it was probably on a cutting room floor somewhere. I did look up the, the name of that album you got. It's called Loretta Lynn's Last Album. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bad joke. It was a bad joke, Tim, but... I'm sorry. I'm sorry she's gone. I knew immediately. She doesn't (laughs) care anymore. She doesn't care. I I hope she has a sense of humor. I hope so, too. I think she did. I'm laughing with her. I I saw, yeah, yeah. I just had this vision of, like, I don't know, her casket being draped in, like, gingham and, like, frilly lace. I don't know why. Those are the the outfits she used to wear. Like, the outfits she used to wear on Hee Haw or something like that. I don't know. And, uh, yeah, other than that, um, oh, and just one quick thing. I don't know what's going on with my neighbor. Um, his next court appearance was supposed to be when I was away. So I, I haven't seen an update about him. So I have no clue what's going on. Apparently his apartment cannot be rented. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know what's going on, but anyway. Well, technically if, if he's innocent, it's it's his apartment. Like I, I, I agree if someone, yeah. You can't just sell their get rid of the apartment if they're like, well, they rested me for a month and right. I'm innocent. Section eight is still paying for it, and then I guess you know the yes. landlord doesn't care. So I don't know. And to follow up, if you're not a regular listener, I'm going to follow up on a story from last week. My wife and I often will eat breakfast Saturday morning at a a restaurant where we can bring our dog and sit outside. And it's it was a little chilly last time, but. Last week, I explained that the the crew in the kitchen, not the waitstaff, the crew in the kitchen dubbed me the Eggman. And the Eggman. I, I said, I don't know why. Don't know why they call me that, because it's breakfast. There's eggs on every every dish on the menu. It's not like I'm the only one that orders eggs. But uh, Have you ever so, sent your egg back? You know, you ordered a three-minute egg, and it was a five-minute egg. You're like, this is a five-minute egg. I can tell. Send that back. I want a three-minute egg. Not three minutes and one second. Three minutes. Do you ever do that? <laughs> oh, sure. Ever... Why not? Oh, well, see, oh, there you go. That's why That's why they call you the Eggman. That's why they call you the Eggman. That egg was done for three minutes and 22 seconds. Do you I think said that's a three-minute egg. <laughs> If I wanted a three-minute and 22-second egg, I would have ordered a three-minute and 22-second egg. 
I'm sorry. I, I didn't they, mean to interrupt your story. Go ahead, Tim. I thought they called me the Eggman from the years I spent being a door-to-door egg, egg salesman. But <laughs> anyway, oh yeah. Speaking to of, follow, speak, to, speaking to of eggs. Yeah? Okay. Speaking of eggs, I notice at work because you know my job is you know, and again, <laughs> I work for a major retailer based in Bentonville, Arkansas. And my job is, and it doesn't, it is not as glamorous as it sounds. So don't anybody be jealous out there in okay. podcast land, but I am in the online order department. I have to gather all the stuff to get together for the online orders. Okay. And I noticed that brown eggs are more expensive than white eggs. They don't bleach them. However, as I recall on Little House on the Prairie, if Caroline Ingalls showed up with brown eggs, didn't Mrs. Olson pay her less for the brown eggs than the white eggs? I seem oh, to recall that. I can't remember that. I do recall that. She would she would pay less for the brown eggs, and now brown that, eggs are worth more. Well, oh, yeah. Or that show was just, you know, deep-seated racism that runs through Hollywood. It wasn't it wasn't a racist program. Tim, they just didn't let black people on it. Ugh. Yep. There was right. no racism. There were no black people no. around to be racist against. Like cheers. Like anyway, cheers. I'm going back to <laughs> let me finish my egg story. I'm sorry. So we go to this restaurant again where the, the people in the kitchen call me the Eggman. Uh, new wait staff. And I'm like, can I have the it's called the name of the restaurant. We'll say Allen's. I don't want to name them. I said, I'll just have the Allen's breakfast. And I wasn't thinking, it's a new woman, new new person. She comes back out and she says, Yeah, that's not on the menu, which it's not. They do it for me. I'm like, Oh yeah, it's not on the menu. And I was like, I sighed and I wasn't upset with her, but I was like, just tell them the Eggman is here and they'll get my breakfast right. <laughs> and she went in sure? and when she came out later, she's like, Oh yeah. All good. Now they know what's and going sure, on. <laughs> and sure enough, I wonder if it's like, oh, here comes the Eggman, or oh, here comes the Eggman. Yeah, I wonder. What I wonder I'm, what I'm worried about. <laughs> uh, that's all I got. I watched the Mexican episode of British Bake Off, and you have Netflix, so you can check it out. You I said you got I have seen. I haven't seen it yet. Was it? And, and was it, it as offensive? Well. And, and just like it's kind of silly, there's they made Mexican wedding cakes, and one man made a nice cake with like uh, splashing different colored frosting on it. And then he's like, "Oh, it's got to be Mexican." Can you guess? He put a giant black mustache on the cake, which didn't go with what he did. And I'm like, "What? That's your <laughs> now? It's Mexican." Did you put just, a mustache on just it. Just kind of if I had scratched it in me. Mm. Uh, I mean, oh, anyway. And Carol, Carol peel, was peeling, everybody was upset with this. I feel bad for Carol. I'm laughing with her if she's listening. I know she's listening. Of course uh, she's she listening. Was, she was peeling an avocado the way you peel a potato, you know, with a potato peeler. Oh, no. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter because, you know. I don't. I don't. The English are just going to overboil any vegetable they get anyway. So, she's <laughs> also going to do is throw it in a pot of water. And, they, you know, sorry, Dirk, feel good if you're listening. Try to get through the movie in half an hour. Okay. Sounds good to me. There's not much to the plot. But it you really picked isn't. it, so you, you give the synopsis. Sure, Can you yeah. do it? The um, movie is called Teenagers from Outer Space from 1959. Because this show's about it, teenagers. Yes, and okay. So I picked this movie because it was <laughs> Teenagers from Outer Space, yet... I don't think there was one teenager in the movie. I know. <laughs> well, we all know that. They're like, you know, like, uh, <laughs> anyway. Read the, read the synopsis. Then we Let's can. read the synopsis. Anyway, a young alien named Derek abandons his crew to search for a new life on Earth, while one of his crewmates is sent to find him as they attempt to eradicate human life in order to farm Earth with giant lobster-like livestock they call gargans. <laughs> Okay. That's giant lobster like lobster like they were lobsters. They, <laughs> they used look, lobsters. Look they were lobster like they were lobsters. <laughs> now, do you think those lobsters were alive? That one that one was. Okay. That one tell. was in, in the beginning that they had kind of it was almost in like a lobster oh, net. 
Yeah, they had an, a lobster, yes. They actually had a lobster. And <laughs> however they got, like, the silhouette that was a lobster. Now, whether or not that was a live <laughs> lobster or not, I don't know. But they're even talking about, like, binding its claws. I'm like, I know. yeah, like a lobster. <laughs> I think like if I've been a man for a lobster suit. lobster in the supermarket, they have those right. rubber bands. Yeah. They do. Like, not like a lobster, they were lobsters. They have to bind them up. Anyway. I, I know someone that bought a fresh crab at the Chinatown, and, and it got away on the subway. I'm not lying. I'm not making that <laughs> is this, up. Is this, is this going to end like one of those alligator stories, like when they get, used to get the little baby <laughs> alligators? Is this going to be like a new Is this going to be like a new horror crab? Instead of gator or something like that. (laughs) And then the crab just starts wreaking havoc on... Crabs are just harder to animate. Those those, those alligators look look Yeah, a crab would be kind of a boring boring creature to animate, I would suppose. Um, So so anyway, the film is directed, mm -hmm. written, produced, and edited by one Tom Grafe. Is that G-R-A-E-F-F, I guess? Yep. That's how you pronounce his name. It says so directed, written, produced, and edited by Tom Grafe. Pitching Bugs Bunny, catching Bugs Bunny, first base Bugs Bunny, second base Bugs Bunny, <laughs> shortstop Bugs Bunny, yes. third base Bugs Bunny. That's a reference to an old Looney Tune. Look at <laughs> George up. might get that one. You know, George may get that one. You got it eventually, didn't I you? I did. I did. I knew. That's the old Peppa. That's the old Peppa. Anyway. Did you read much about this guy? Oh, my gosh, this guy. Actually, I'm going to say one thing before. I mean, okay. It was a ridiculous movie. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to make fun of this using air quotes special effects here. Mm-hmm. But he did it on a $20,000 budget. Now, granted, I know $20,000 went a long way in 1958, right. 59 when he filmed it. Mm-hmm. But it really, for that budget, he actually did... What he had to work with. Yeah. He actually did a pretty good job on it. He actually uh, was quite brilliant as a filmmaker. He was a graduate of UCLA, UCLA uh, Film School. Okay. Um, he, the idea for this movie came about when he worked as an assistant to Roger Corman on Not of This Earth. And so he decided, hey, I'm going to do my own science fiction movie. And he wrote it and he got the, he got the, uh, you got an investor to invest in it, $5,000. Uh, that'll come up later in the story. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so he films this. He films this thing on $20,000. And it gets released with a, in a double feature with Gigantus the Fire Monster or... Godzilla Raids Again. It was the second movie in okay. the Godzilla series. It was actually at that point, I think, a three- or four-year-old movie in Japan, and then finally they edited it yeah, and yes. dubbed it in English and all that stuff. So it was released as a double feature <clears throat> with this movie. And what happened was that um, one of the yeah. people who put money up for the film was a British actor named Brian Pearson. And he put up $5,000 in exchange for playing the villain Thor. The, the film was possible, was profitable, but Grafe and his investors saw no, saw no money. And Pearson eventually sued Grafe to get his original investment back. The judge agreed to give him, he got back the original $5,000, but he said there was no profit. And then suddenly Roger Grafe starts calling himself Jesus Christ the second. What? Yes. Did you not, I, do you not know this part of the story? I don't. He starts calling himself Jesus Christ the second and that God had shown him truth and love. Uh, a second ad appeared on Christmas Day and listed several sermon dates that he was going to give at local churches. And this is um, 1959. The same year the movie came out. Oh, Wow. That, that uh, the, the next year, Grafe file, uh, legally uh, filed to have his name legally changed to Jesus Christ II. After opposition wow. by the Christian Defense League, the petition was denied. What? That's, that's bullshit. And then basically he left, left Hollywood, went to the East Coast. He returned to Los Angeles in 1964, worked as an editor on David Hewitt's 1964 ultra-low-budget film, The Wizard of Mars. 
And that was his final film credit. Although what they didn't mention in his bio was that he also opened a landscaping business and he called it Jesus Christ the second. Um, <laughs> Did you make yeah, that up? Can, I, no, no, it's, no, it's hand to God. It's true. And yeah, yeah wow. yes, Tim, I'm, yes, Tim, I'm making it up. Hey, if they, if they can have, if they, if they can have a, 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 an offensive episode of the Great British Bake Off that's offensive <laughs> to Mexicans, I'm just keeping with that theme this week. Jesus, Jesus Christ the Second, landscape and design. It was the I name can't. of it. Okay, I can't get past that the church stopped him from changing his name. That's like that's ridiculous. Yes, the Christian Defense League, yes, was founded uh, as a white supremacist activist what? organization in California, uh, and it later moved to Louisiana. I didn't quite know that. Well, now this is something I just learned. <laughs> According you know to the Anti Defamation League, it is it also had a paramilitary function, oh, and geez. stopped Richard. Great. Are they still are they still around? Uh, it says what's founded. They're still uh, around. Blah, 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 blah. They were watching British Bake Off that week. They were watching loving it. it. It doesn't say anything it's, about it ending. Just they moved to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where the paramount paramilitary um, activity continued. Now because they got that's amazing forced out of and and I did not read life. about him because. I sent you a little note to, to warn you who I did read about, which is the actor who plays like he's in charge of the space mission. Yes. Uh, played by. He doesn't have a name. He's just called Spaceship Captain. But his real credits. name is King Moody. King Moody. <laughs> what a name. You, would you like to talk about King Moody's credits? Yes. King Moody. You all know from uh, 1969 to 1985, he was Ronald McDonald on TV. He was the Ronald McDonald, the top Ronald McDonald. Yes. Not somebody who claimed to be Ronald McDonald. Oh, did you read what I read? <laughs> I read, read what you sent me. But there's some guy out there claiming to be Ronald McDonald. Why would you claim to be Ronald McDonald? I have no clue. What did you read? His name is Joe Maggard. Yes. And there, and there seemed to be little documentaries about him online, but they've all been yanked down, I think, by McDonald's. Did you find one that worked? I didn't, did no. I couldn't, I couldn't find one. From what I read, he kind of you played screw, a rep- You don't screw with Mattel. No. Never, you, never use Barbie in anything. They, or, they, or uh, trust me. Trust Disney you. What were you doing? Or, McDon- or McDonald's. Were you well, the Pleasant with- Roland, who owns the Aurora Inn, who I work for, who created the American Girl dolls, oh. who sold them to Mattel. Mattel. Oh, I know, I know all about Mattel shenanigans. Now you've been putting your, your Barbie dolls in the front yard again. Well, since know. New York Times bestselling author in front of the show, George O'Connor, not only <laughs> were my my little ponies covered in olive oil and positioned in sexually explicit positions. Yes. You didn't think I'd see that. Did you, George, George O'Connor? I saw it. My Barbies, my Barbies are gone. Hey. And somebody, again, I'm guessing New York Times bestselling author <laughs> and friend of the show, George O'Connor. Uh, left the Ken doll behind, um, and he must have brought a GI Joe, and it mm-hmm. looks like they're having anal sex. Thank you, George. That's, Thank you, George. Those, I would like, I would like, I would like the key to my apartment back. <laughs> but those those dolls are not anatomically correct, so I don't know how George managed that. Oh, he managed. He managed. <laughs> um, let's get back to the movie here. So yeah, well, let me so, no, let me explain that that the Joe Joe Maggard. Oh yes, I'm sorry. I, I believe he played a replacement, a replacement Ronald one afternoon for something, and ever since then he's like, "I was Ronald McDonald. I played Ronald McDonald." And and McDonald's is like, "Oh no, no, you didn't." Like at, like Stop Adam it. like like actually Adam McDonald's restaurant. Like he probably did something. It's probably yeah. He was like a replacement for one day. And, yeah, and uh, it probably wasn't even a company owned store. It's probably like a franchise. He's he's run with it. So I want to find this documentary, some madman who wants to be Ronald McDonald. I'm sure it pays well, but it doesn't pay well if you're just pretending. Oh, I'm sure King Moody made more money off of playing Ronald McDonald than he oh, did yeah. anything else. Like Flo the Progressive Lady. We've talked about this before. Flo the Progressive Lady, the progressive insurance commercials. She's oh. laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, know who the highest paid television personality in the 70s was? Have I, have I asked you this before? 
was it was it it was it wasn't be martha it wasn't be arthur is mod let me just it wasn't the woman who who would sell the coffee what was her name oh mrs olsen yeah folgers coffee no no am i think about it okay no it is a commercial it is somebody who did it the charmin guy mr whipple please don't squeeze the charmin i got it on the second guess he well, I, of course. Well, we're going to say third guess because I knew you were going to say B. Arthur is mod, so I just automatically <laughs> okay. I'll give you two guesses, Tim. There you go. <laughs> yes, apparently, Mister Whipple, he'd work eight days a year Whoa. and made the equivalent in today's dollars of like eight million dollars a year. But not mm-hmm. a Christian man. He worked on Sunday, so I hope America knows that. Not a Christian man. And for the people who don't know what we're talking about, he was a guy who sold toilet paper, and he he guarded the toilet paper because people wanted to squeeze it. To squeeze it, it so because soft. it was so squeezably soft. Yeah, it's all these perverts. Like, you, know, you don't squeeze the charmin; you use it to wipe your ass. <laughs> That's what he would say to them. That's what he'd say. That was his catchphrase: <laughs> "Don't squeeze the charmin; use it to wipe your ass." And they said, "Wait, wait, wait! This commercial's <laughs> going to be shown in the afternoon." Children might be home watching it. Could you say maybe, oh, I don't know, please don't squeeze it. And then in the end, Mr. Whipple would be squeezing the Charmin. Oh, he did. And pleasuring himself. But anyway. People had problems in the 70s. That was one of the big ones. Yeah, no, he was, yeah, no, seriously. He, he I think they found him in a van with Charmin in front of a schoolyard. Yep. Pleasuring himself. Yep. And he could never run for public office in Maricopa County, <laughs> Arizona again. That's why people today don't know of, about him, don't know his name. We've, <laughs> there you go. History. Um, I just wanted to say there was another Ronald McDonald called George Voorhees. I wish his name were just one letter different, you know, Voorhees. Right, the, yeah. From Friday Voorhees. the 13th. I was going to say, this does sound that he wound up being a serial killer. He wound up being a serial killer, didn't he? Well, he was only 69 to 70. Like, he was an extra Ronald. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. In Southern California, he introduced kind of like the Mac. George Lazenby, the George Lazenby of <laughs> right. of Ronald McDonald's. Wow, people are getting that reference. They might. One of his, they might uh, get it. One of his clown characters was called Mister Pockets, and I don't think that's right. That was George Ford. Mister Pockets. Oh, he said, as my mother would say, he sounds like a toucher. Yes. <laughs> All right. I just had to talk about this. Uh, I went down a big McDonald's hole. Well, let's get off the McDonald's. Yes. So, yeah, we went down, and we got to get back to uh, Teenagers oh. in Outer Space because we only have, um, oh, gosh, <laughs> at, most, at most 19 minutes to talk about <laughs> it. But it's okay. We can do it. So, anyway, so the, the, this, this spaceship lands outside Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Well, excuse me. No, it's any town USA. Mm-hmm. It was actually filmed in Hollywood. We don't know exactly where it was, but it's obvious that it's Los Angeles. I can tell it's California because I think I spotted oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It oh, yeah, definitely, floor. definitely. Um, and uh, so, of course, you have uh, King Moody uh, yeah. and former Ronald McDonald playing the ship's captain. You have uh, the aforementioned Brian Pearson playing. Okay, so Brian Pearson and the David other Love? character. His name is David Love, the main David kid. Love. Yeah. yeah, they were cast. Um, uh, <laughs> Tom Grafe was having a pool party in... You know, he called it an audition, and they all the guys had to come to the pool oh, party in, in thongs, and that's how they what got the parts. Oh. And because their characters' names are, you know, such know. straight men names, Thor <laughs> and Derek. Can I tell you how many Thors and Dereks I went home with in gay bars in the eighties and nineties? I'm just, and I'm going to stop right there. How about just some Odin's? Case, just in case people are, just in case people are, just in case kiddies are listening, we'll just leave it at that. And actually, yes, David Love, his real name was Charles Robert. Oh my gosh, I can't even read my culta culta holler culta holler. I, I copied he, him down, but yeah, he, he he also went as Chuck Roberts, and the Chuck only Roberts. other two, the only other two movies i could find that he ever did were also both done by tom grafe one was called the orange coast college story which was 20 minutes it was a recruiting film (laughs) and apparently vincent price narrated it because he was friends with the advisor wait what did you call it the college the orange coast college story okay 
apparently Orange it was a, it was a it was a recruiting film for Orange Coast College. Oh, I see. And then he also did an eight minute film called Island Sunrise. So I figured it out. Teenagers from Outer Space <laughs> was eighty six minutes. Orange the Orange Coast College story was twenty minutes. Island Sunrise was eight minutes in total. He had a film career of 134 minutes that I can find. This was the only hey. this is the only film he was where he was billed as David Love. Something <laughs> happened to that. Something happened to that pool party slash slash audition yeah. is all I'm I looked him up and I couldn't find anything more about him. No, no that's David all. Love. That's all. Unless 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 he dubbed one of the English voices in Gigantus the Fire Monster, <laughs> aka Godzilla Reads again. So yeah, so they land wow. on Earth. Because they have these lobster-like creatures called gargans. They were lobsters, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're going to—they're going to—they need to breed these these gargans because they're an alternate food source for them. Yep. But apparently, they're so vicious, like they want them as far away from their planet as possible. Yes. <laughs> so they decided Earth's Earth's. Atmosphere is just perfect to raise the gargons. The only thing is, is, is that they eat, they're going to grow and grow and grow and yeah. grow. Yeah. So anyway, so along comes Sparky the dog. Poor Sparky. Yeah. Poor Sparky. This, and this is the only and best special effect they have. Yeah. Poor Sparky. He's barking. He or she. I think he's a he. Is barking at the <laughs> barking at the flying saucer, and they pull out a ray gun. And vaporize them, and all that's left is a skeleton. But it's a great effect because they, they take the camera away from the dog, and then when they go back, it's like it's a skeleton falling apart. It just it somebody just, just let it go. just collapses. <laughs> and I, I and I rewound it a couple times. I couldn't see any strings or anything. Huh. Well, so I mean, it's magic. You know, again, more power to more power to, uh, to Jesus Mr. Christ Tom the Second for uh, for to Jesus Christ the Second. There we go. We'll refer to him as Jesus Christ the yeah. Second. I think he'd be upset if we call, if we didn't call him by his, his new name, legal name. Well, <clears throat> he committed suicide by carbon monoxide asphyxiation ah. on December nineteenth, nineteen seventy. So why didn't you tell me this, John? So I don't make jokes. Well, because about you're always him. saying because you're always saying that I always like bring it down with a sad story, and I already talked about <laughs> you know the late great Miss Loretta Lynn, aka the Crisco Lady, who is no right. longer with us. I didn't want to talk about two deaths in the same. All right. Podcast him. <laughs> yeah. After he uh after he worked so, on uh after he the, worked the, as the editor on The Wizard of Mars. David uh, David Love. David Love decides oh, the, the dog has a tag. He's like, There's people here. And I guess he's supposed to be a revolting teen. He's like, Look, we can't do this. There's people here. Right. There's people here. There's intelligent life forms. He thinks the dog is the most intelligent life form, but still there are intelligent <laughs> life forms just the same. Now here, I want to know if I blinked. Oh, yeah, I want to know if I blinked because David Love, Derek, the the revolting teen, he's also like, I don't like your ways. I've read this book. And do they ever show us what this book is at any time in the movie? It looks like like, a little pocket Bible, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They never say what the book is. He's like, I read this book. This is how things should be. You you guys are... Maybe if they, yeah, maybe if, maybe, maybe if Tom Grafe had more than a $20,000 budget, we could have gotten more into that. Well, he um, didn't even show it to us. So I'm just making sure. I didn't know what this uh, book was. You know, the McCarthy hearings had just ended. Maybe, you know, maybe you just couldn't get too political or too philosophical on these things. Yep. Maybe there was going to be a sequel where the book was going to be explained. That's what I, well, we'll get to you that. You know, That's Jesus why I'm pointing Christ this out. II was going to explain it. Yeah. I'm, I'm setting up. Setting up my that own was maybe jokes. part of his sermon before the Christianity Defamation League, a.k.a. right-wing paramilitary <laughs> group, shut him down. Maybe that was what his sermons were about, what was right. in that little book in Teenagers from Outer Space. And, like, to this day, if he, if he had caught on, church youth groups to this day would still be watching Teenagers from Teenagers Outer, from Outer Space. Space. They'd be whispering, that book's the Bible. That book's the Bible. It's really the Bible. <laughs> So basically, he finds the he finds the girl and her grandfather who owns Gramp, Sparky. Gramps Morgan. Gramps, Gramps Morgan. Morgan, played by Harvey B. Dunn, also mm-hmm. known as the man with the, with the missing finger. Because did you yep. notice when he goes to shake hands? Yeah, 
the index finger is missing. And I had to remind him, is that guy missing it? Is that guy missing an index finger? And sure enough, he was. And as a matter of fact, if you look up Mr. Harvey B. Dunn's biography on Wikipedia, he talks about how Dunn is often identified by his missing index finger on his right hand, called the man with the missing finger by such periodicals as the Times records. Dunn lost his finger at age of 13. Dunn became so tired of explaining how he lost his finger. Initially, he would lie and say it was run over by a steamer or had been nipped off by a woodpecker. <laughs> Finally, he had a card printed that explained his loss. Okay, so I'm going to try to do this in my, in my best folksy, folksy oh, no. warm <laughs> voice that I can. Okay. The star of my finger getting cut off, July 18th, 1908. Caught in a cogwheel of a pigeon press at the Press and Dakotan office in Yankton, South Dakota, while working around the press. Attending physician Dr. Morehouse, I did not sue for damages. I can write well, just as well now, if not better, than before the accident. The stub of the finger has the tendency to melt in summer and freeze in winter. I swear this is a true statement. To the best of my knowledge, sincerely yours, Harvey B. Dunn. <laughs> That's the best I could do off the top of my head. I was going to try to make, I wanted to be more like, you know, Pepperidge Farm remembers like the Pepperidge <laughs> Farm or like a townsfolk yeah, in yeah. Cabot Cove on Murder, She Wrote. Right. Um, but I just couldn't pull it off. So I wound up you becoming more kind of like Mr. Foghorn Leghorn. I did. I noticed that. You anyway, sorry about that. I just didn't. <coughs> I, I didn't. I, no. I failed you miserably on that. No, you didn't. Anyway, we did. So he follows the dog tag to Betty's house. Her name is Betty, right? Mm-hmm. She lives with Gramps Betty, Morgan. Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, base, basically stumbles his way. They're like, you're looking for a room? We got a room. He's like, okay. And, and you know, it's, he's one of those people. Yeah. He, he rents a room and has no money and does not have a job and they do not know who he is and he's wearing this weird mm-hmm. uniform. Yeah. And, and they're like, yeah, sure. Come stay with us. <laughs> and Thor, is it Thor who hunts him? Thor hunts him down. Oh, and oh. he he gets some directions from the gas station attendant. Yes, he shows him the the dog tag, and then later, Thor is walking into town, and some guy picks him up. I think it was a gay pickup myself, <laughs> a gay pickup that is going to eventually go to. No, did you see the way that that driver was looking up? He was looking Thor up and down. He wanted to. Yes. He, he wanted Thor to lay his hammer down. Hop in. I'll give you a lift. Lift. Well, it's a long way into town. Okay, it's all right with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he goes, oh, well, I've got to get gas. And he's explaining to him how the car works because Thor is always, well, how, what's that? And what's that? And, and so eventually uh, they <laughs> go to the, the same gas station. The guy goes, well, there was a feller here with the same uniform you right. had on. They're like, well, where did you send him? Thor has some anger management issues, I must say. And he winds up vaporizing uh, everybody, the driver and the gas station. So this is the start of the skeletons. And apparently <laughs> I read where it was the same skeleton. Oh, I could tell. Yes, I was going to say. <laughs> it was the same skeleton. You could see the metal screws holding it together. If you look you closely. Could, especially, when, especially when they do a murder later, yes. But I did want to um, back up because, you're, because of your gay pickup line. Because when... Derek revolt at the beginning. They make him lay down and they're like, I'll go get the chains. You get the leather straps or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, Tom Grave had a pool party slash audition. I know. I I, where he can't where the, where the actors are. How do you feel about wearing a thong bathing suit? So we're going to change your name to David love, which leads us to the next part because not only do they give this guy room, uh, Betty, the daughter, is like, I'm going to a pool party. Want to come along? My boyfriend can't make it because, oh, the, the, her boyfriend is a reporter. And, and he's like, somebody saw UFO. I got to go interview them right away. Yes. This is important news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I think I go Joe, to the pool. Joe Rogers, Joe. played by Tom Lock- Lockyer, who is actually Tom Grafe. Okay. Who directed, wrote, produced, edited, oh. and played Joe Rogers in it. 
pitching Bugs Bunny, catching Bugs Bunny, first base Bugs Bunny, second base Bugs Bunny, third That's why base Bugs Bunny, shortstop Bugs Bunny. That's why he was the reporter and now he's looked tired. He was doing everything. He was doing everything. No wonder why he went over the edge. No wonder why he started thinking he was Jesus Christ the second. Sleep deprivation, man. Sleep, sleep deprivation will know. do it to you. But they go to this swim party, and this this part is also... <laughs> are you going to be upset about the same thing I was upset about? He's like, I don't got swim no, trucks. Ahead, I don't have swim trunks. And the girl at the party's like, well, you can wear my dad's. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, what's going on? And uh, <laughs> yeah. And I think she offered yeah, him I her brother. There, I thought there was going to be like, uh, yeah, yeah. I thought there was going to be kind of a little, a little more male erotic. Uh, yeah. You know, Mr. John Hamill and Trog kind of situation. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm surprised that none of them were like took their shirt off at some point to to fight. Yeah, and oh, and speaking of no, speaking speaking of no teenagers being in this movie, Alice the friend. I mean, they didn't even try to cover up the fact that she wasn't a teenager. She looked <laughs> like she was about 35. And the woman in the pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alice, Alice, that was it. Alice Woodward. They kept her in the pool, so you could Well, my parents and the servants are off today, so we've got the place all to ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thought we were watching. Can we give too much away that we say that Alice becomes a skeleton, yes. too? In the pool. When Thor, still tracking down Derek, goes to the pool, and um, Alice threatens to call the police, and he just yeah. vaporizes her. And they do kind of have the boiling water. Yeah. Like, I know they must have thrown some dry ice in there or something. I think like the steam's coming off the pool. I think he was killing anyone who hit on Derek because like pretty much everyone was hitting on Derek, even Gramps. Because he was pissed. Gramps was he like, he was pissed. He didn't have time to put the leather straps on him. <laughs> interrupted, interrupted his whatever you want to call it. Oh. We're not as late as you think. So I want to quick. No, I got 40, I got 46 minutes and six seconds. I want to. I want to get in. This is like that. Will you, will you indulge me? Go ahead. Okay. Since King King Moody was in this movie, I have the four. Oh, you're, the, you can the, you can get past the Ronald McDonald <laughs> guy, can you? The four ways that this movie is like McDonald's. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. What slaughterhouse workers say to the cow? Is that McDonald's? They make into burgers, and what Thor says to his assistant were the same thing. Guard him, I will get the straps. That's what he said. <laughs> I forgot, that was the line. Guard him, I will get the straps. <laughs> Guard him, I will get the straps. Second way this movie's like McDonald's. These aliens want to release gorgons on the Earth so they can grow to gigantic sizes. And the McDonald's Corporation want to release McDonald's franchises all over the Earth so people will grow to gigantic sizes. Wah, wah. <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. I was going to leave that, that one. That's pretty good. The third way. That's pretty good. No, it's pretty good. The third way this movie is like McDonald's is in this movie we see a lot of skeletons, but McDonald's keep all their skeletons in the closet. Literally. 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 That's why you need a key to get the to get the mop bucket out of the closet because you don't know what else is in that closet. And the fourth way, Grandpa from this movie ate at McDonald's every day before his four-hour nap. And this movie felt like it was four hours long. I'm sorry. That joke doesn't make sense because we didn't even talk about the fact that in this movie, Grandpa seems to always be taking a nap. Yeah, he does. <laughs> when we meet him, he wakes he up. He does. <laughs> when they're killing... He's got something to do with that little stump of a finger that <laughs> melts in the summer and freezes in the winter. I do declare. Yeah. <laughs> tires him out. Um, that was a bad. Anyway, let's let's yeah. move on. So so we, let's move on here. So <laughs> yeah, so basically, like people are getting zapped, and two cops get zapped and killed, and oh, and Thor gets shot. That's right. And then they take him to the doctor, and the doctor's like, "Well, I'm on my way to a house call." And Thor's like, "Don't don't sedate me or whatever he says, because he's just gonna, they got to get the bullets mm-hmm. out of him." And uh, and he does pass out. Eventually, like just from the pain, Thor passes out, and they like just leave him there. Right. And then they get to <laughs> wherever they're getting to. Are they going back to the police station? I can't remember. Yes. That. And suddenly the doctor goes, "Oh wait, my 
my nurse is going to show up for office hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a sitcom. I forgot. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I have left an unconscious wounded alien with a disintegration ray. Why they just didn't take the disintegration ray yeah. away from him? And they even try to call her, like, and don't revive him. <laughs> And she's and don't revive. <laughs> she's well, like, I already, I've already bandaged him and treated. Him. Well, there you it's go. My Hippoc- Hippocrat- Hippocratic, hmm. Hippocratic oath. I must revive <laughs> wounded aliens. I must, I must revive wounded aliens. I didn't know he had a disintegration, right? <laughs> Does he shoot her too? So they go. Out. I forget. So, oh, and and then I can't remember where this where this fits in. Um, I can't remember if this was before or after, but Joe the reporter. Uh, played by the director, <laughs> Mr. Jesus Christ the Second. Play, played by Jesus Christ the Second. Uh, takes was he a cop, Mac? Yeah, yeah. Takes him out to the cave. Now I thought we were going to have like another, like Trog, In Knight the of the Lepus, right? Going into the cave, and he and Joe even had his camera. I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be like you know Trog, where they just took the picture. Yeah. But no, he just hears the screams of Mac because apparently twenty thousand dollars doesn't go that far to filming caves, and so so basically, yeah. So like the big lobster's coming out, is going to come and attack the city, and uh, Thor forces the nurse. Uh, he takes control of her car and he pushes her out, or she comes out of the passenger side and rolls on the road. She's fine. <laughs> and then Thor gets ejected from the car when it tumbles down the cliff. Right. And uh, so he's he's off to the general hospital where he's, and then he's Yet also going to be arrested on murder charges. He's he's going to the and hospital. And they can't find the disintegration ray. Dis- disintegration ray. Which they find yeah. under a rock. Now, how it wound up under the rock. I have no clue. Did Thor have the presence of mind to put it under the rock? Uh, anyway, the 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 disintegration ray is not working. No. The giant gargon is going to make it. Is on the northeast limits of the city. Whatever. On his way in. Yeah. And and they get out there, and Derek decides that he's going to use the electrical wires mm-hmm. on the poles, and that's going to be enough energy source. So he has he has Dawn call the power plant. There's like a little phone there to connect yeah. her. And the guy operating the power plant really doesn't seem to have any question about no, it. He He's does like, whatever yeah, she sure, does. I can give you more power. Sure, <laughs> I can I, I can increase the circuit. I can make the generator go faster. You know, he's just know. like, so long story well, short, Derek kills the Gargan. Yes, with all that electricity. It powered the disintegrator. And, uh... Yes, and then the and what a uh, death scene. The, spa- the spacecraft comes back. Oh, and it turns out that Derek is the son of the leader. And John. You Apparently, know. like, you don't know who your parents are no. when you're raised there. And I wrote this. Yeah. Before, before you even told me about the director's biography, I've, I got a note here. Is this movie a Jesus allegory? Because Derek, yeah. Derek is the son of the great leader. Great Didn't leader. Know him. They come to Earth... Uh, everybody thinks that Derek has decided to join forces with his people again, yeah. but actually he's setting a trap for them. Yo, that's right. Just just like Jesus he did. Gets into, he gets did Jesus into the spaceship. And, and, uh, yeah. Jesus did this right before the Garden of Gethsemane. Yep. Nobody knows this. And they didn't put <laughs> it in the Bible. Um, and he says, Father, can I can I radio in the mm-hmm. the the craft? And they're like, Yes. And all of a sudden they hear the hatch locking. And he's telling the the other craft, pick up your speed, pick up your speed. Because the faster they come in, they're going to collide. Right. And they do, and there's this big explosion, and everybody's killed. Did you see the explosion? And, oh, I didn't write down what he's what the exact line he said. I will never leave this earth. I will always be a part of it or something well, like he that. He died too, and he appears in the sky, his face, and, and Betty sees His face him. appears in the sky, and he does that voice, much like Jesus did. You would have a picture of Jesus, like, you know. In the clouds. Yeah. You're right. It is, that is quite a Jesus allegory. When he, yeah, because Jesus killed his father. I like that. Yeah. Did he? Oh, I must have missed that part. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You're getting scared. Tim's talking about the the Bible. Uh-oh. I'm going to stop. No, you look well, scared. Well, it was in that little book. 
All right. Well, we went through the movie kind of fast. Grandpa took a lot of naps. Grandpa's hair was never combed very well because he was And his finger never grew back. That would have been a great plot twist. Yes. Like Derek and his race of aliens could have regenerated the finger or something. I'm being distracted by my notes. Anyway. I, think, I think his last words were, death must come to all. I think that I wrote that down. I think that's what he said. Was that what he said? And he kept showing Let me that check book. Check my He kept showing that book to people, and we never saw it. He showed it again and again. I think it was the Quran. <laughs> it was the Quran. I think that's what it was. <laughs> that's why they couldn't show that in 1959 mm-hmm. Hollywood. It was. It was the Quran. That's exactly what it was. Uh, oh no! Here's what he said. I shall make the earth my home. I shall never, never leave it. Okay. I wonder why I wrote death. Death must come to all. That must be my. That's on my to-do list, I guess. <laughs> death must come to all is on your to-do list. <laughs> Try calling me the Eggman again. <laughs> okay. But it's quiz time. I'll call the Bib Cook. Said he'd QA and bring him quiz Theme song. Do you like quizzes, John? I do love quizzes. I'll call it Said he'd QA and bring him quiz The Bib Cook. I love quizzes. The Bib Cook. Theme song. So I heard you had an extra question, but you want me to do my question first? Or I don't know. Do your question first. The first question. The first question, because we thought we were being too mature with the fart thing, is. Who in high school, who in this movie was voted most likely to become CEO of an elevator company? So I wrote uh, Grandpa. Grandpa in the movie who was missing his finger. He mm-hmm. was missing his finger in this movie. now he was missing his finger from his days climbing the ladder to become an elevator company CEO. Everyone was like, hey, why are you climbing the ladder to the top when you should be taking the elevator, elevator to the top? Climbing the ladder makes it <laughs> look like... You're supporting Big Ladder. We want to build elevators and put the ladder companies out of business. So in order to show his loyalty to Big Elevator and how much he was sorry for climbing ladders, he symbolically cut off his elevator inspecting finger. And without without it. Is that, is that, is, because the right index finger is also known as the elevator inspection Mm -hmm. finger. Yes, that's, that's, that is common knowledge. Yes. And without this finger, Mm -hmm. his career was tough, but eventually he became an elevator CEO where he took four hour naps after eating a McDonald's. There you go. Okay. Well, my first question was going to be, would you like your gargan boiled in a pot, grilled, or served as gargan Newberg in a lovely <laughs> cognac cream sauce? And actually, I have had it before. Okay. And, of course, I've got to pick boiled yeah. because I remember when we'd do the New England clam bakes when I lived on Cape Cod, worked there summers, we would have – our, you know, we'd have it all such a good, we'd have our corn and our potatoes and our clams and our mussels, and we'd have them around the fire all such a go. And then what we do is we have a disintegration rain. We'd stand, we'd sit there in the sand dunes and wait for a giant gargan to come over the, come over the sand dune. And then we'd zap it with the disintegration rain. And then we'd put it in the pot okay, and have ourselves a good old fashioned New England gargan clam. Bait. But wouldn't it be a skeleton if and, you zapped it? Well, you just you just gave it a little, okay. you just gave you just gave it a little. Boop. All right. You didn't like do it full blast like Thor would. Like you know, he'd be like, boop. you just do a little. Boop. Well, very. It, it, it takes a while to master like just the right amount to use. Well, I like that because I boil, boiling them alive is cruel. So I think uh, it is good eating though. <laughs> you can taste. You've never you can taste the, the pain. Lobster? No, I'm just saying it's the you'd cool never, way. You'd never boil. Oh, that makes it so delicious. Oh. They don't know what hit them. <laughs> you never boiled a live. You've never boiled well, a live lobster before. I've been present when it happened. Oh, so you were. So you're complicit in <laughs> yes. it. Did you eat the lobster? Yes. Well, well, see, there you go, Tim. Don't get <laughs> off your high horse. I'm just saying. Just because I actually physically threw the lobster in the pot, I'm just saying, does it's not cool. make me any less of a person <laughs> than you. Because okay, well, I, 
Is this like Leslie Van Houten? Like I only stabbed <laughs> yes. her after she was dead. So you were like you were like the Leslie Van Houten of the New England clan. That's what they call me. You didn't actually when I show up. You didn't actually put the living lobster in the boiling water, but you stood around while yep. it was going on. They call, I call me Leslie. They call me Leslie. LVH. They call me LVH. LVH. Who? <laughs> Hashtag LVH. <laughs> Hashtag Maybe George O'Connor. Look, look her up. Learn, learn about the 60s. Does he still not know who Leslie Van Houten is? <laughs> I thought he would have figured that out by now. Okay, well, now I have who would be most likely to have a podcast. So I was going to say, oh, you know. Would... Oh, you want to go? Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go All first. Right. I was going to say, if King Moody does not have a podcast about his years about of being Ronald McDonald, then he must be dead. And I found out, yes, he's dead. Uh, he is dead. But if he did have it, he would call it King Clown, spelled with a K. Mm -hmm. And I think his son or daughter should have a podcast about their father being Ronald McDonald and call it Kid Moody, the story of my father, the King Clown. And his son or daughter would tell tales like, they would tell stories about their father. Because he would say Stephen King stole the clown idea in the sewer from him as he used to hide in the sewer, dressed as Ronald McDonald, and eat Kentucky Fried Chicken so that nobody saw him. And he often fought off rats just to eat his fried chicken in the sewer. He would also talk about the time he showed up to audition for the movie They Shoot Horses, Don't They? in full Ronald makeup because he thought it was a film about how they made McDonald's hamburgers. He didn't get the part. He did get to meet Jane Fonda, though, because uh, Ronald McDonald's was very pro-Vietnam War, and thus they did not get along. So oh. there you go. That is true. I do remember the McDonald's commercials from their, from that. Hey, kids, let's go and kill the Viet Cong. I do remember that in those old yeah. McDonald's commercials. More lessons for the young kids out there. So well. Did, yeah, what was yours? Give it to me. I thought it would be, I don't know if he'd be going by Chuck Roberts or David Love. Mm. Um, but he would be giving, uh, he would be doing a podcast about the, um, the art of, or is it an art or is it a craft of film acting? Um, he would be, uh, and of course he would draw heavily on his 134 minute film career to lure his listeners in and give them helpful tips on how to, how to, how to um, play the son of play an alien. Yeah. Speak in a monotone. <laughs> Recruit people to go to a college. Okay, that's all I. That's oh, sorry. all I got. That's no, my, I was my my, my mind is he racing. Any, he didn't go in any sewers, and he didn't eat any Kentucky Fried <laughs> Chicken. He didn't go audition for a Jane Fonda movie. Sorry. He might have. He might have. He might have. Maybe he's not. I, not. I don't even know if he's alive or dead. They still. They no. have. They have like a date of birth. Maybe he went to Vietnam, like, John. Nineteen thirty-four. Is he dead? Is he alive? We're going to find out. What obituary would be looking for? David Love's obituary? We'd be looking for Chuck Roberts' obituary? We'd be yeah. looking for Charles Robert, Robert Kaltaheller? Whose who's, who's obituary would we even be looking for? I know. All right. I, I blanked out on my yes and. So which character or characters would, would most likely have a spinoff TV show? You get me going. Did you do one? Well, I picked Sparky the dog. Oh, I didn't think of that. Not so much that it was like a spinoff show, but, you know, if you ever saw the movie A Dog's Life or are aware of the movie A Dog's Life, yeah. it's all about this spirit of this dog that keeps reincarnating and reincarnating. And, like, I think that, like, Sparky, after he met his tragic end in Teenagers from Outer Space, just kept on reincarnating. Um, for a while, he reincarnated as Rin Tin Tin. Oh, nice. They had a live action Saturday morning mm -hmm. show. He got that part. And then, of course, he left this earthly plane. Then for a while, he was one of the lassies. Yep. And uh, his final role was uh, as Tiger on the Brady Bunch, the dog that only showed up in the first season. Oh. <laughs> uh, I remember Tiger. Yeah, he uh, he had some addiction issues. Yeah. He had some addiction issues. Uh he wound up being the dog of some guy who referred to himself as Jesus Christ II. And, uh, yeah, got hooked on peyote, living out in the valley. 
the dog. And they kind of just sort of so they, they, they said they never actually wrote, they never actually wrote Tiger off the show. They just sort they of had to fire him. didn't mention him anymore. They just kept the doghouse back there. So <laughs> the dog, I, you know, the, it wasn't actually the dog it wasn't was, actually a spinoff. It was just kind of like what happened, what happened? to Sparky's career every time he reincarnated. Nice. That did Sparky yeah. maybe end up being Cujo? After all those possibly, who knows? Who knows? I'll have to. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to ask the um, lady who um, runs the, the shop that sells tarot cards and crystals. Right. Right. Um, uh, yeah, she uh, resides here in Auburn, and sometimes on the third ring of Saturn, if she claims. Okay. Um, and I will have to go down for another session with her. And Is she a real person? We only got it. We only got as far as t- Tiger on the Brady Bunch. Right. I'll let you know. Okay. I think she's milking me for some money. I think she could have told me all this in one reading, but right. I I keep going back. <laughs> well, I like your idea. So, which character from this movie would have a spinoff? We had Betty and the grandfather. Yes. So here's my idea for a spinoff show. The characters, Betty and her grandfather, they have a sitcom spinoff. They are both obsessed with finding out what that book was that changed Derek's life because he never showed anybody. He always said, this book changed my life. Wouldn't show them what the book was. So every, every week, they read and talk about a book as they feel. They finally figure out, figure out, this is the book. So one week, like they'll go to the library and figure out it was Mein Kampf and get it out of the library, not knowing anything about what this book is about because it's a small town. And hilarity ensues, and their neighbors, you know, think they're former Nazis, all that kind uh, of stuff. And then another week, yeah. uh, they feel... It's Dianetics by L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> no. no, maybe. But another week, they feel pretty sure that the book was Lolita, and they get that book out of the library, reading it, not knowing by what Nabokov? it was about. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they almost get run out of town on a rail. <laughs> uh, and then there's the episode, they think the book was the Karma Sutra, and they buy that book, not knowing what it was about, and... Uh, Grandpa has to have a five-hour nap after reading that one. <laughs> but the show got canceled and burned, along oh. with all the other books from the 50s. Much uh, like the Ropers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that show. That show would be called Reading Rainbow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, would Jordy LaForge be on it? Excuse me, LeVar Burton. Uh, he gets pissed when you call him Jordy LaForge. Well, he, yeah, I don't think he was born yet, but... <laughs> So did you have a spinoff? Did you already? You told me yours. No, I told you. Wow. I, I didn't really actually have a spinoff. I was just saying. Get with what it. Get with it, John. Get with it, John. <laughs> well, I mean, how could I have topped that, Tim? Anyway. <laughs> All right. This week we got to read George's letter. Okay. Dear God, we're so behind. It's a long letter. <laughs> I think we could. I think we should just devote an episode to George's letter. <laughs> oh, I forgot how long George's letter is. I'm not reading this. It's a very long letter. <laughs> I think we might have to push it off to next till next time. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I'm telling you, we just do a whole episode on this letter. <laughs> All right, George, we're going to read your letter next time. <laughs> next time. And speaking of next time. Yeah, I guess we got to go. Email us. Yeah. Email us no. at city. Well, we, I'm just going to. What? What's the matter? Oh, I thought we were going to. Oh, yeah. Say, explain that I won't be here next week. Oh, oh, you're not here next week? What's I'm not happening, here next John? Week. Well, I don't want to jinx anything. I've okay. got to go to Ohio for an audition. Oh, all right. That's yeah. right. And, uh,. Okay. Well, I'll get New York I, Times bestselling author in front of the show, George O'Connor, will be filling in again. I'll ask. I'll see if he'll do it. Who knows? I hope so. Um, so, Teenagers from Space, you got to pick two because we goofed up. And when you come back, we're watching. I got to tell you this so people have a heads up. The Class of 1999. Do you know this movie? I don't it know. It was this made movie. in, I believe, 90 or something, so it's in the future. And right. it's, it's, it stars little brother from Teen Witch, Joshua John Miller. <laughs> Not Joshua John Miller. <laughs> so I, I picked it just because I was like, oh, here's, <sighs> here's one of the other two movies he was in. Sorry. 
He's no David Love or Chuck Roberts. But anyway. Next week when I think George will fill in, we're going to watch an episode of the Spider-Man TV show from the 70s. Oh. Called the history. The animated show? Oh, no. It was live action, John. It was a, oh. This episode is called the, the Curse of the Haunting of the Cursed Kirkwood Mansion. It's called something it rolls like off the It rolls off the tongue. <laughs> so in the meantime, you should email us at sedibimco with an E at gmail.com. You could tell us a story about high school if you don't want to be on the show, and maybe we'll read a little short story. Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, um, we're on Twitter. Seti Bimco's on Twitter, and we're on Instagram. At Seti Bim. At Seti Bim. Seti uh, underscore Bimco Instagram. You can follow us and give us likes. Please. There we go. That's what we're doing next week. And uh, you want, have anything else to say, John? I, I think all's been said, Tim. You've said everything. Okay. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Seti Binko is a podcast by Tim Hamilton and John Kelly. Produced by Miss Lee. Music by Tim Hamilton. This has been a Pity Party Line production. Party Line. It's a party line. We'll do, we'll read his letter yeah. first one week. Okay, yeah, maybe that would be. <laughs> maybe we do like a retrospective show. Yeah. Like, the, you know, the relationship of George O'Connor to the Seti Vimco show. And we'll just like, anything like we ever cut out.